Welcome to All Along the Wasatch, a public affairs program produced by Bonneville Salt Lake City. If you would like to submit a request to be on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. Now, here's the host of All Along the Wasatch, Mike Parsons. My guest today is Angela Brown, and she is Executive Director of Craft Lake City. Hello, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. It's great to have you here. I don't know much about Craft Lake City, so I'm going to learn as I ask you questions. I'm genuinely asking you questions I don't know the answer to. Um, Let's start off at the beginning. Uh, Craft Lake City, how did it start? Yes. So I started the event 14 years ago. And, you know, 14 years ago, Salt Lake City was a very different place than it is now. Um, And at that time, as an artist myself, you know, a lot of us in the creative community were just feeling like there wasn't really a place for us. And what I mean by that is a marketplace for us. There Mm -hmm. wasn't really a a place for us to sell our wares. Um, It was hard to get our work into local galleries. And then even some of the type of work that we made maybe wasn't even um, the right fit for a local gallery. And so at the same time, I started noticing that there was this huge maker and crafting movement happening internationally. And I thought, this is so perfect for Utah because we have this robust cultural heritage that already honors craft. Sure. And so how can we really kind of take this problem that I was really seeing amongst, you know, my creative community and turn that into an opportunity for everyone? And so then we started the Craft Lake City DOA Festival. 14 years ago and at that one time it was a one-day event and now it's grown to a three-day event. Right. And it's not your only event. No, <laughs> no it's not. So we are a year-round 501c3 nonprofit organization and you know our mission is really about elevating Utah's creative community through science, technology, and art and of course we do that through the DIY festival but we also have monthly workshop programming mm-hmm. where we can teach the community to become makers and artisans themselves. Um, we do a holiday market that we launched um, right. three years ago in Ogden, Utah and then of course we do curation projects um, we program these large four by eight um Steel frames, steel metal frames that are on Broadway in downtown Salt Lake City that uh. line the third south corridor from second east through second west. And we do a lot of other things throughout the year, but those are some of our bigger projects. So when you started Craft Lake City, you already had the DIY Fest in mind. Those two things happened simultaneously? Well, that is a really great question. So the actual very first event was called Craft Lake City. Ah, okay. <laughs> and then later when when I officially you know made the event a, an organization, I called it Craft Lake City, not kind of realizing, oh, wait – that's going to be hard for individuals to kind of differentiate between mm. the organization called Craft right. City and the event. And so then we kind of slowly started to rebrand as the DIY Festival because it's really about doing it yourself. It's mm-hmm. about empowering others to do it yourself. And, you know, really that kind of DIY ethos is what goes behind creating and making. Mm. And Harmons is your big sponsor this year. Harmons, we are so grateful to have Harmons. They've been our sponsor for this is, I believe, their ninth year. Uh, a local grocery store that also believes in turning people into creators and make and makers through their cooking school programs and uh, lots of other initiatives. Um, it's so fun to get to work with foodies in that way. And the DIY Festival is coming up uh, this week. It's August 12th, 13th, and 14th at the fairgrounds. Um, and looking through the information, there's different things going on each day. So it's not like 
you could go on Saturday and see everything because there's some things that are only happening Friday and some things that are only happening Saturday. So tell us a little bit about that. It is so true. And like you said, it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And you know, each day we try and make something exclusive, almost like an event within an event, mm-hmm. to keep everybody coming back. Um, so on Friday, we have our big national headliner, which is actually um, Utah County's own Joshua James, who had a huge um, hit off of his number one album um, and really made it to the top 10 iTunes for like best folk artist and he's an incredible performer really excited to have him on Friday Um, we have on Saturday our youth entrepreneurial program called Kid Bro which features features which features youth makers 14 and under Um, and that's only a four hour program so you definitely want to get there early to support those kids we have it's our biggest yet it's sponsored by Utah After School Network we've got 50 um, just young entrepreneurs selling their wares for four hours from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. and that's just on Saturday just on Saturday also, just on Saturday, we are honoring um, the Pacific Island Islander cultural community through. Um, so I don't know, you know, some people know this and some people don't. And it's kind of part of our awareness is that actually August is Utah Pacific Islander Heritage Month as designated by the governor. And the reason why it is is because we have one of the largest Pacific Islander communities in the country mm-hmm, here yeah, in Utah. Yeah. And so we really wanted to honor that and bring some attention to that. So it's actually Pacific Islander Heritage Days at the DIY Fest. So we have some exclusive artisans from that community coming in that will be demonstrating and, of course, selling their wares. We'll have some performers and some cultural f- food from Pacific Islander Heritage as oh, well. Be fun. And then on Sunday, of course, because we have to have something exclusive on right. Sunday, we're doing a house party. So this is, there is a um, there's a revered group called New City Movement, and they've been doing, producing house music shows in our community for about 20 years. And, you know, these house music shows are really popular on Sundays in bigger communities like in L.A. and New York and San Francisco. And so we wanted to do like a house music Sunday dance party that happens in some of these major markets here at our at our event. So we're debuting that actually this year. So much fun and a definite reason to go each day. So uh, how do you get tickets? How much are tickets? Yes, you can get tickets um, at our website, which is craftlakecity.com. Um, and, you know, it's. Um, I want to mention, too, that Saturday and Sunday, there are so many fun things to do for the family, mm-hmm. um, specifically our kids area that is sponsored mm-hmm. by Mark Miller Subaru. It's called Maker Mark Park. And we're going to have five different local nonprofits in there as well, providing free take-and-make activities. So it's such a good value for, you know, families that are looking for something reasonable price to do because kids 12 and under are free to get into the fast uh, festival and then of course in that kids area um thanks to mark miller subaru and our nonprofit partners there there are going to be some fun free activities there so that's all free they'll come home with some fun stuff you got it yeah that's fantastic where do you see craft lake city going over the oh, next five ten years yes well we have some really fun things in store. next year is going to be our 15th right. craft lake city annual doa festival so we have a lot of fun things that we can't quite talk about uh, yet okay. um for our 15th anniversary so you're going to want to stay tuned and just subscribe to our monthly newsletter in order to be the first to find out one thing that intrigues me is the stem stuff that you're going to have there Yes, and this category, this is actually our 10th anniversary of incorporating STEM in, as part of the festival this year. We have our Google Fiber STEM building where this is our biggest conglomerate of exhibitors yet. We've got around 50 STEM um, engineers and nonprofits and individuals that kind of create using science and technology elements. And they, they this is such a fun area to bring your kids, um, but really for, for um 
individuals of all ages to just get hands-on demonstrations, to learn something educational about science and technology, Mm -hmm. and also to find out about new nonprofits that they didn't even know exist within the space within our community. My wife is an elementary school teacher, and I love how important STEM has become in education. I think that would have, when I was a kid, I would have loved more STEM education. So I think that's really cool that that's me, me a priority too. now. Oh, me too. And, you know, I think back about, you know, science, because that's something that I got into as an adult. <laughs> and as a, as a youngster, I, I feel like I, the, the, the type of programming we had back then just isn't what it is today. And it's so fun to be part of that and to get kids excited about STEM now. Going back to your Friday night performance, is there an extra charge for the concert? Yes, thank you for asking. So our Friday night ticket is just a few dollars more than okay. our Saturday and Sunday because it does include that uh, national headliner. Um, but we do have uh, local performers happening throughout the weekend uh, okay. on two stages. And um, it is a $13 ticket price in advance on Friday night and then day of $15. There's also a Harmon's VIP ticket that you could only get on Friday night that gives you priority seating for Joshua yeah. James, it also gets you um, access to Harmon's Craft Foodies. So mm. these are local <laughs> vendors um, that have distribution deals with Harmon's, and they are actually there, and you can meet them and talk to them about um, the type of local food that they create. And I saw that that VIP ticket's only $35, which as concert tickets go, is extremely affordable. Isn't that affordable? And yeah. that is even the day of price. In advance, it's only $30. Oh, okay, even better. Yes, and that does actually, you know, if you're, if you're interested in getting a complimentary local cocktail, it also comes with two of those. Ah, okay. I love what you're doing with dogs because I know a lot of festivals, sometimes it gets a little out of hand when everybody brings their dog. So I think you've managed to have a way that people can bring their dog but it's not going to be overwhelming. Thank Tell us you. about that. Thank you. And yes, we are encouraging responsible pet owners with well-behaved dogs that they can buy a dog ticket if they'd like to bring their dog. And we've got a Rescue Rovers, which is another no- mm-hmm. local nonprofit that will be there providing a dog park, a little place for them to cool down, get some shade, get some water, um, kind of do their business and socialize with other dogs while on a leash. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, really make sure that, that we have a safe environment because it is August mm-hmm. and you know, we want our furry friends to be able to come out and enjoy themselves, but we just encourage dog owners to be mindful about that and how long they are staying out yeah. in the elements with their dog. But we also have indoor spaces. We mm-hmm. have three buildings, one which is STEM and two that are full of artisans. So um, pet owners can take their pets and themselves inside to cool off. I think that's a great compromise because we all want to bring our dogs, but it can get definitely out of hand. It's uh, true. And then you're encouraging people to bike to the uh, the, the Yes, Festival. yes, we are. And the Salt Lake City Bike Collective, again, another nonprofit, um, they do a bike valet for us every year. And it's another great way to kind of save a little money because there is a parking fee if you want to park on site with the Utah State Fair Park. They do it for all of their events. So you can just come down and use the free bike valet, check in your bike, have a good time, and then, you know, also help the environment a little bit. Tell us about some of the other live performances that we'll see through the weekend. Oh, yes. So, you know, we've got a lot of really fantastic live performers. We have two stages that feature over um, 35 to 40 different local um, musicians as well as multicultural acts. We have everything from hip hop to folk, like I mentioned with Joshua James, to um, some Latin X dancers. Um, we've got some um, some Polynesian dancers happening on Saturday. Um, just a lot of really, really fun, unique, family-friendly content on those stages. Tell me a little bit, this is maybe, this is not about the DIY festival specifically, but tell me about the art community in Utah. I feel weird and ashamed that I don't know more about what's going on there, but what is our art community like? It feels like 
there's lots of great things going on. There are so many great things going on. And, you know, that is exactly why our organization um, exists, is to shine a light on these individuals and empower these individuals that, hey, you can sell your work in, in at, here at Craft Lake City's DIY Festival here in Utah, and you can make a living. You can turn your side hustle into a full-time business if that's your desire. And it's a really, you know, we hear from a lot of artisans and makers that they came to our event as an attendee, loved what we were doing, were so inspired by it that they went home and started researching their craft so they could be part of it the next year. And, you know, that again, that is why we have this event is so that individuals that don't really know the first place to look to find a local artisan can go and see and, you know, meet over 330 of them in one place. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like there's going to be something for every level of talent and every age. Oh, there is. You know, and we also have DIY stations by a few other local nonprofits, Utah Museum of Contemporary Arts. We also have DIY um, stations from local nonprofits, for instance, UMOCA, um, as well as the Utah Museum of Fine. No, that's not. Yeah, no, that is it. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on our partner's name. Um, Yes, we also have DIY stations by UMOCA, as well as the. Fine Arts Museum up at the University of Utah, and they are going to be on site again offering fun like take and make projects that people can do for no cost at all. What (laughs) um, do people not know about Craft Lake City that you wish they knew? I think there are still a lot of individuals that don't know about our event. You know, our event is a three-day festival with over 20,000 attendees that, that attend over those three days. But, you know, every day we still meet new people that have never heard of the DIY festival and don't realize that it's a locals-only event, meaning that everyone that participates in the festival live within our state walls. They may live in St. George. They may, may live in up, up in Weber County. But we bring creatives from all across the the. the but we bring creatives from all across the state to come together for three days and showcase their work. How is Craft Lake City funded? What, where do you get most of your funding from? Craft Lake City is funded by generous sponsors, of course, um, by local grantors and foundations, but also by the community, by individuals that come out right. and attend and pay the ticket price for the DIY festival. In fact, that that ticket price actually covers around 60 to 70 percent of our year-round yeah. annual budget. And for a number of years, we were actually a free festival when we were first getting started. And then, um, you know, the organization has just naturally grown and grown and grown. And we realized that after six years of all of us working for free at a nonprofit, we had to start paying ourselves in order for it to be sustainable. So that's when we it, we decided the community was ready to pay for the programming and mm-hmm. we instituted a ticket charge. And that d- does go up from time to time. It hasn't gone up for a couple years. But that really just enables us to hire incredible individuals to keep the organization going and the festival going and expand our programming. And what what happened the last couple of years with the pandemic? Were you able to still pull off a, a festival or oh, did yes. you take a year or two off? You know, we uh, thankfully only had to take one year oh, off. Um, 2020, we did a virtual version mm. of the festival. And then last year we did come back. You know, we had um, all of the staff and exhibitors wearing masks, just a precaution. And then we moved some of our festival outside last year. And that has actually stuck. So we mm. have our outside and inside vendors this year. And we're just looking forward for this being the best year. Yet. I think there's going to be some permanent changes from the pandemic that are positives. I think so, too. Uh, I think, you know, the idea that we can work from home is a great thing. The, the idea that you can do this kind of festival inside and outside. I think there's going to be some really good takeaways uh, in that direction as well. We completely agree. Maybe you could thank some of your big supporters. I always like to give nonprofits a chance to thank those big supporters because those are the people 
those organizations and corporations that really keep you going. Thank you so much. We would love that opportunity. You know, there is a brand new partner um, that came in this year that allowed us to expand our scholarship program. We have a scholarship program where we actually scholarship five different local artisans and pay for their festival fees and things like that so they can participate in the Mm -hmm. festival. And we partnered, we applied for a grant with Project Rainbow this year, and they came in and allowed us to expand that scholarship towards the queer community or individuals that make art representative of the queer community. Mm -hmm. And so we have five new artists that we're able to um, you know, participate because of that scholarship. Of course, we have um, the George and Dolores Story Eccles Foundation, the Willard Foundation. Um, we have the Salt Lake City Arts Council, the Zoo Arts and Parks, um, which thank you to you, uh, Salt, Lake C- yeah. Salt Lake County taxpayers, because, you know, our taxes go into that fund. And then, of course, Harmons and Google Fiber um, and the Utah After School Network, Mark Miller Subaru. Um, you know, those are some of our top sponsors. But of course, there's so many individuals yeah. and just individual people that come down and volunteer. It does take two to 300 volunteers mm. to produce this event, and we just really thank them as well. We're about a week out from the festival. Uh, are you still looking for volunteers? We still are. Okay. We will take if, volunteers even up on the day of the festival. So and if the, somebody wants to volunteer, where do they go? They go to craftlakecity.com, and you'll see a little prompt there about volunteering. You can even sign up and pick your shifts online. Um, so you can just literally go on there and within a couple minutes know when you are going to volunteer and in what area. One of the things I love about Salt Lake City is how all of the nonprofits kind of help each other out. There's really not – there's a friendly competitiveness there. Um, Who do you partner with locally? Oh, thank you. You know, there is a friendly competitiveness, and it, and it really is about how can we all get together and help each other out. Um, we partner with so many different nonprofits. In fact, um, the Mark Miller Subaru uh, group that is one of our corporate sponsors, they, you know, bring in five different nonprofits every single year to be part of our kids' area. So that's really changing. I know this year, one of the big nonprofits they're bringing in locally is the Big Brothers and Big Sisters, which we're excited to have. Um, of course, um, I mes- mentioned Rescue Rovers is going to be on. Right. On site, Utah After School Network is a nonprofit that's sponsoring our Kid Row, um, and then of course inside we have a, lo- a bunch of different exhibitors. We have the Girl Scouts of, of Utah that will be there. We've got Planned Parenthood that will be there. Um, you know, so many incredible nonprofits. I probably should have started this with this question. Tell us a little bit about you. Oh, thank you. Yes, so I am a Utah native. Um, I was I was born here in Utah. Love Utah. You know, for a long time I thought about leaving Utah, but I just had some kind of family issues that that kept me here. And I'm actually really grateful for that because this is my community. This is my town, my city. I just love it here. I I love to get out and travel. But I love to come back and just appreciate what we have here. We have so many unique individuals here. The people that that live in in Salt Lake City and that live in Utah are unlike any other, and they're so kind and so giving. And we see that with all the nonprofits that we work with. We also see that with all of our volunteers that come out, and of course, all of our sponsors. And um, I'm just a big fan and ambassador for the state of Utah, and more importantly, Salt Lake City. And tell us a little bit about the art that you do. Now, is this the case where you started this and now this consumes all of your time and you don't have much time How to, did for you your own guess? art? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is what tends to happen sometimes. Yeah. You know, people ask me um, what my art is. And although I started as a silver gelatin print artist, you know, using the camera and working in a photographic darkroom, now my art is really creating these big events and allowing uh, okay. and creating platforms for other creatives to really shine. Although I still love to pull out my camera and I st- still love that work. Um, it's something that I 
I don't necessarily do publicly as much as I mm. used to in the past. And I don't know that it will always stay that way. You know, um, I still have a future in front of me. Maybe I'll give, be a little more active then. But for now, I'm just having a lot of fun um, working for Craft Lake City and creating the DIY Festival. So you mentioned before we went on the air the that you have a business academy? We sure do, the Craft Lake City Business Academy. And this was something that we launched during the pandemic. And, you know, when all a lot of what we do is in-person events, whether those are workshops or, you know, our big festivals or holiday markets, things like that. And so when we were forced, like everybody else, to kind of retreat inward, um, one of the ideas that I had um, written actually a plan for back in, like, 2013, 2014 was for the Craft Lake City Business Academy. And so we kind of pulled that out and workshopped it with the team and updated it for kind of COVID times. And essentially what the Craft Lake City Business Academy is, it's where creatives actually teach other creatives about business principles mm. because, um, you know, a lot of artists really don't have the notions. They don't have the time. They don't have the necessary, the funds to go up, you know, to a university or even a community college and get, you know, a, a fancy degree in business. Right. But it's something that artists are never taught is a lot of the principles of business. So they can be the most talented maker in the world, but if they have no acumen about what to do with money right. or marketing or things like that, you know, it's going to be very difficult for them to succeed. I think that's fantastic. And I think we're moving away from the idea that everybody needs to go to college. We are. And, and don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place for college. Sure, yeah. And college is fantastic. Um, but it's not for everybody. It's not for everyone. And it can also be just really intimidating as well when, um, you know, with tuition going up and you're just this, this, you know, this artisan that's already working full time and you're trying to do your craft and make time to learn about the business side of things too. So we created an a la carte program online where individuals can go in and kind of choose their likings, what they want to learn about. And we are so excited. We are going to be launching in the fall um, a financial six-week kind of boot camp with um, Celtic Bank as their primary sponsor. And they're going to be, their uh, professionals in conjunction with um, some local artisans are going to be talking about the importance of being bankable. Uh. You know, why do you want to report all of your sales and why do you want, would you want to get a line of credit? Why is that important? You know, because that's, those are other conversations that people again, just don't think about. Um, and I think a lot of us during the pandemic were so pleased with ourselves that we had a line of credit to keep us going mm -hmm. until some of those loans or grants could come in. And I think, you know, sometimes small independent business owners or creatives that have their own businesses just aren't quite like understanding why it's important to have the credit before you need it. Um, and that just because you have that line of credit, you doesn't mean you have to use it, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. <laughs> but, but you certainly want to have it there when you need it um, as opposed to trying to then go get it when you need it. Cause that's so hard to do that sometimes. And so we're going to be talking about some of those principles and um, hearing from from creatives themselves that um, and how that's been beneficial for them, how it's helped them apply for loans for not just their business, but also in their personal life. Maybe they want to get a mortgage, um, you know, things like that. Yeah. Maybe they want to get a car payment, um, but, you know, buy a car. And it's important to have lines of credit and talking about how you can do that responsibly. Yeah, that is fantastic. And it's maybe a little bit of a stereotype, but sometimes when you think of people that are especially creative, 
they may not have that right brain stuff <laughs> yes. as, as much as somebody else. Right. Or getting back to that kind of that STEM conversation, it's just about framework. How do you frame it so it's fun yeah. and so it's applicable to you and you can you can get interested in it? Because, you know, maybe it's just about the way that, that someone has been trained to teach it to you that turns you off or that makes you think, oh, I'm not a money person. I'm not a numbers person. Right. And maybe you don't have to be that traditional definition of a numbers yeah. person, but you can still, you know, know how to read a balance sheet and feel confident about it. You can still have a conversation about it. doesn't mean that you have to do it. You could always outsource that out to somebody who likes to do those types of things, but you can still be proficient and feel right, confident yeah. about looking at your numbers. Well, you're definitely making our community a better place. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Well, and you as well with this show. Oh, thanks. Uh, CraftLakeCity.com is where you go to get the tickets for the annual Craft Lake City DIY Festival. It is Friday the 12th from 5 to 10 p.m., Saturday from noon to 8, and then Sunday from noon to 6. And again, there's different things going on each and every day, so you're going to want to go all three days. Angela, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Mike. Again, the website is craftlakecity.com. Thank you for listening to All Along the Wasatch with Mike Parsons. If you would like to submit a request to be a guest on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. That's mparsons at ksl.com. 